0: Hi, and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm going to be your host, Jim R., and today we're going to be interviewing Christine W. How are you, Christine?
1: I'm doing well today. Thank you. It's
0: great to hear. So let's just dive in, and I guess tell us a little bit about your childhood, you know, anything you think that might have tied into your addiction. You know, I don't know if there was any stress in the family or stress at school. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, well, when I was like in sixth grade, the kids would tease me and I would go home and I would tell my mom and she'd just say, oh, it'll be okay. She wouldn't really do anything about it. So, um, you know, that, that really, really didn't help my self-esteem at all.
0: And was there a reason that your mom really wasn't I guess helping you or I mean because some parents might get mad and go to school and talk to the teachers or the other parents is there a reason she didn't
1: she just didn't I guess she just didn't care
0: I can imagine that must have been rough
1: yeah it was very rough and my parents weren't my parents weren't around a lot when I was growing up because they were working a lot
0: okay so I mean did this go on all the way through high school? Was there a certain point that maybe it got easier for you, or you tell me?
1: Pretty much through junior high, a little bit in high school. Okay. But but in high school is when I started really starting, uh, uh, well, I did start drinking when I was in about sixth grade.
0: Wow, I was very young, so six yeah. days, probably right around twelve years old. yeah, what were you drinking um like where Where did you get it, and what were you drinking?
1: I was drinking hard liquor, and one night one day I was at my friend's house staying there, and she had it It was in the liquor cabinet, and we just started drinking it and got really, really drunk.
0: And that was your first time was with your friend,
1: yeah, and then, um when I was about I was about sixteen, I started running away from home, and um I just take off with people I don't even remember who they were, but I'd take off with them, and we drink and and we do some uh cocaine and things like that.
0: What age did the cocaine use start?
1: About 16.
0: So you were in high school? Yeah. So at about 16, you were already drinking hard liquor and you're already snorting cocaine? Yes. So you're in high school. Were you doing this during school or was this after hours in the weekend?
1: Um, I would like smoke pot after school.
0: So you waited till the end of school then.
1: Yeah, I did.
0: Okay. So how bad of a problem did you have in high school? I mean, because like you said, at least you were at that time a little bit in control where you waited till the end of the day. Right. At what point was there a point in high school where you lost control and you started doing it during the day, or you were pretty good all throughout?
1: Um, I was. I was pretty good throughout um I was starting to get in a little trouble I changed my grades which I got in trouble for that and um at that point in time uh, my parents went through a really nasty divorce and um my mom moved away and she didn't even want me and my sister to know where she lived where yeah where she lived at
0: What was her reasoning for that?
1: She just didn't want to have anything to do with this and also she was uh, doing drugs and drinking.
0: So your mother was an addict?
1: Yes, she was an addict also.
0: What kind of drugs did she do?
1: I don't really know what she was doing.
0: Okay. So when your parents got divorced, What was your initial reaction to that when you heard the news?
1: Um, I wasn't very happy at all. One day they were fighting so bad before they got a divorce and I had to run out of the house and go and stay with a friend.
0: Oh, wow. So was there physical violence? Is that why you ran? Or were were they just yelling? I don't remember, but
1: it was pretty bad.
0: And then they ended up getting a divorce. So did you ever yes. find out, was it just your mom using or did your father also use?
1: No, my dad did not. It was just my mother.
0: Was the addiction the reason they got divorced?
1: Yes, I think that's mainly what it was.
0: Okay. So what happens after you graduate high school? Because you made it through. You.
1: Oh actually uh I when I I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico and I was the, the um when I was going to school, um, they didn't treat me very well so I dropped out but I got my GED. Okay. But when I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, that's where my um using and my alcohol got really bad.
0: Because you were having a lot of stress at the time.
1: Yeah. And my dad... My dad got a new girlfriend, and um, I wasn't happy about that because... And I hated her because she wasn't my real mom.
0: And you wanted your real mom, but she was uh, wanting nothing to do with you and your sister.
1: Right. And she she would... um, take my sister but she was like take my sister and my sister was sleeping in bars and everything. She dragged her to the bars and stuff like that.
0: You said this is when you're using are using really picked up. What kind of drugs were you using? Was it the same old stuff? Cocaine and booze or
1: I was I was drinking a lot of heavy liquor and I was smoking marijuana.
0: Okay, and what happens once you graduated high school? Oh, actually, you said, I'm sorry, you got your GED. So, yes. once you got your GED, did you go work or anything like that?
1: Um, not right away, because I was so messed up. Um, what I did was, um, after I lived in New Mexico, I moved with my dad and my mom i well actually at the time my dad had gotten married to her my stepmom but really i call her my mom but anyway they had gotten married and they moved to illinois and i moved in with them there and um i was kind of messed up i was like uh so my dad sent me to Outward Bound. It's like a place for people that are kind of messed up and just need help. And you mean, um, when you
0: say messed up, do you mean with drugs or is it mental
1: health? Kind of mental thing. You're just around people that have like are struggling. And so I went to Duluth, Minnesota, went on a canoe trip, and just just to kind of find stuff and I was at Outward Bound and at the time I was there I kind of just found myself and discovered myself and I decided I wanted to be a nurse's aide
0: how did you when you when you say you discovered yourself when you got there um what led to you saying that I got to change my ways and I want to be a nurse's aide was there anything that happened in there was it people you met things you heard what was it exactly
1: I don't know. I just think something just came in my head. That's what I want to do, because I love working with people. So I thought that would be a good profession to get into.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's something where you're going to be helping people every single day of your life.
1: Yes, definitely. So when I got back to Illinois, I, I went to... Uh, six weeks course and got my uh, nurse's aid certificate, nurse's assistant certificate, and I started working as a nurse's assistant.
0: Were you using at the time?
1: I was drinking, and I'd go to work. I'd go to work uh, after drinking.
0: Would you be over like with alcohol in your breath, or were you? Did you sleep? Yeah. In the- you were up late drinking and heading to work still kind of drunk? Yes. That's no good. Did anyone ever say anything to you?
1: No. No one ever noticed
0: it. So that's good. I mean, no, actually, that's not good, I should say, because you could have got help much sooner than you maybe had to go out. You wouldn't have to use so much. So, you mustn't at this point not even think you have a problem because you went to school, you got your nurse's aid certificate, you have a job, so you probably think that there's nothing wrong at this point.
1: Right. But then finally I decided I needed help, so uh,
0: what happened? That means I
1: start you... going to AA.
0: What but what happened right before is what most people when they say they're gonna get help, there's a reason for it. Did you have any specific reason? Anything happened to you? Like what made you decide just, to get sober?
1: I just figured that I needed to change my life and that wasn't doing any good for me.
0: Okay, yeah, that happens to a lot of people. So you said you started going to AA meetings. How were those? Yes,
1: they were really good. They were really helped me. I had to drive an hour to them, but you know, it was worth it. That's good. And then um, I met my ex-husband. An AA meeting.
0: So you met a man at an AA meeting, so you're kind of breaking the rules there, right? Because they say you shouldn't do that.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: But you guys ended up getting married. So how long were you married?
1: Well, we were together 21 years, but only married 12.
0: Okay. Did you guys eventually use together?
1: Yes, we did. We were drinking, and um, we were sober eight years together.
0: So, how old were you when you met? Uh,
1: Twenty-one.
0: And for the first eight years you were sober? Yes. And what happened on that ninth year? That made you. What did you do? Did you go out and drink when you relapsed?
1: Um, actually, my sister passed away. So, at 21, she had a rare heart condition. So, we moved from Illinois to Colorado, and um, we started drinking heavily.
0: When you say we, you mean you and your husband?
1: Yeah, we are drinking real heavily.
0: And how long did that go on for?
1: For probably a year or so.
0: And so you guys are now drinking, were you doing any other drugs?
1: No, not at that time we weren't.
0: And once again, what made you guys decide you needed help?
1: Um, This we, um, things were just going downhill and we had a house and we weren't paying the bills and everything just, you know, was going downhill.
0: Yeah. So you guys ended up drinking it. And when you finally got clean, what was that like? Where did you guys go? Did you have your own place and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, we had a our own home cat, our home, uh, our own home meeting place, and um, we were doing really well. I was doing the um, like, where you go and pick up all the packets and stuff and the big books, and I would do that drive down there and do all that stuff and so I was very involved in it
0: so you're being of service that's good that's one of the things it's one of the things that keeps us sober I'll say it yes yeah I'll say that a million times that that is something that Bill W figured out a long time ago that when we help each other it helps us stay sober
1: definitely I you know helping other people helps keep me sober
0: Yeah, so the death of your sister kind of makes you go back off the wagon and then you guys finally decide a year later to get sober. How long did you stay sober this time?
1: Probably about maybe a year and then we got into um, um, pills.
0: So you were trying. It sounds like you were really going from treatment to treatment, at least trying, because you got over a year there, a year over here. So, how did it affect your marriage? How did drugs affect your marriage? Was it something you bonded over?
1: Oh, no, the drugs really uh, really affected our marriage. Um, I went to treatment. I, I, I checked myself into treatment because I was tired of it because the medicine quit working. And I was in more pain, so, um, and I was tired of it. So, I checked in treatment for 15 days, and after I got out, my um, my ex-husband was still uh, taking the pills, and he got real lazy. I was just sleeping all the time, and I I couldn't handle it. So, he went into the hospital. And I decided I wanted to divorce.
0: So you got a because he was, because you were finally sober and he wasn't.
1: Yeah, and, and he was real mentally, mental, mentally abusive.
0: What kind of things would he do to you?
1: Um, like one time he told me if I if I wanted to get a divorce, he was going to kill me you know, things like that. And um, one time he told me, well, if you if you lose some weight, I'll buy you a new wardrobe.
0: Yeah, it's mentally abusing you, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Very much so.
0: Probably took a lot of strength for you to finally walk away from that.
1: It was, I, I was afraid to. That's why I probably stayed with him for 21 years.
0: I find that a lot of people stick with bad uh, marriages or bad relationships because I think it's something we become comfortable with. And it's like we know it's just more familiar Like to go home to the same person. I think it makes life easier in a way, but once things get rough, for some reason, we just want to hold on to that familiarity.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So you get divorced. What happens after that? You you're sober now and you get your own place and all that?
1: Well yeah, I had an apartment and um, so I had this guy move in with me and I started doing cocaine and smoking marijuana.
0: So you fell off the wagon again? Yes. How long were you using for this time?
1: Probably about a year.
0: And then you got sober again.
1: Mhm.
0: So I get. No, I
1: didn't get sober.
0: Oh, you didn't. No. What happened after a year?
1: Um. Well, that guy, he went to jail, and because he was caught with drugs, and then um. Uh, I lost my apartment. I was evicted. So I found another place, this other house that I just slept on the couch, some some guy's house that, that I knew from church. And so I was staying on his couch. And then um, he left that house, and then I met this guy at the church, and he was like, they let people that come from prison, come out of prison or jail, stay at the church. So I was letting him stay with me. And he introduced me to meth. And he was very abusive towards me.
0: So, in an abusive relationship yet again? Yes. And how did the meth progress? Was that something you were using for a while?
1: Yeah, I used it for a while, and, and I was drinking also. And um, there was one time I had a blackout. I didn't even remember anything. And that was the first time I even had a blackout.
0: Did anything happen while you, that you regret that you know of while you uh, were using meth and having blackouts?
1: No, I don't even remember because I just totally blacked out. Freaked me out because I never had a blackout.
0: And how long were you using for this time before you decided to seek treatment?
1: Um, I didn't stop for quite a while. Then I got after this this boyfriend. He was uh, put in prison. So, and I got another boyfriend. I was with him ten years and we used quite a while for like ten years.
0: So it was a you fell off for quite a long time? Yes. Ten years, that's a long time.
1: Mhm.
0: And during this ten years were you able to like function? Were you still did you have a job? Did you, you know, have a daily routine every day and all that?
1: No, I didn't have a job. I just uh I was, I would go like around the dumpsters and stuff and collect things and sell them and that's how I, that's how I made my money. But I, you know, I, I survived.
0: Any other things like that that you used to do? No. Okay. So during this time, that's how you would make money and then you would just go spend it all on meth?
1: Yeah, pretty much. And were you? I mean, ho- I, we knew a lot of people that uh, did math, and we knew a lot of dealers. So a lot of times we would just get it free.
0: Okay. So did you guys have a home this entire time, or because if you're not working, I, it's probably pretty hard to get a home.
1: Well, um, he was living, but we were living with his mom,
0: okay. and
1: um, at the time I was taking care of. Um, his mom's brother, he was sick, so I was taking care of uh, her brother.
0: And that's how you were making money?
1: No, I didn't get paid for it.
0: Okay. So, after the 10 years, what happens again? What makes you decide to turn your life around?
1: Well, after the 10 years... Um, I didn't quite turn it around yet. Um, I spent some time in jail and- um,
0: What were you in jail for?
1: Um, one, one time my ex-boyfriend told me to go cash a check and he said it'd be okay. So I went to try to cash a check and they're like, well, wait, we have to try to see if it's authorized. So I was waiting and waiting and finally the cops came. Well, come to find out the check was from robbery and it was like only $24. But they let me off on a misdemeanor because I'd never been in jail or anything. They, they knew it really wasn't my fault. And then when I was moving out of my ex-boyfriend's house, I ran into a U-Haul and um, after I ran the U-Haul, I got for larceny because it was under my driver's license. And I got two years probation for that. So um, but then I moved into a a drug house I was living in with my another boyfriend. But he wasn't abusive, but he was real lazy. But anyway, um, I lived in a drug house for like a year or two.
0: And that's just the drug houses, just where people come and go just to use drugs and hang out and be with other dope heads?
1: Yes, and like the big drug dealers have come there and people like that. And one time I was even in a raid where they come in with the big guns and crash your doors down.
0: So you were kind of living a life on the streets in a way.
1: Yes, definitely, it was scary.
0: What parts were scary
1: well when they had the raid and sometimes when the you wouldn't know you wouldn't know what kind of drugs were coming in or what kind of people were coming in there there were so many different people coming in it made it scary Yeah, you never know uh what kind of drugs were coming in or what kind of people were coming in because the drugs just they really, they can change people to where they're just crazy.
0: So you saw a few or, that came in that you thought were okay and they ended up going nuts when they used?
1: Yeah, like like, um, like um, when you see a drunk that has a wet brain, you know, it's kind of like the drugs do that too, but they make them totally different where they're a totally different person.
0: Wow. Did anybody ever, I mean, was there ever violence in the house? I mean, what would scare you specifically?
1: Yeah, one time uh, my boyfriend, um, there was like a $100 fake bill passed, and they thought it was him. So one of the drug dealers came in and punched him.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Well, he's lucky he just got punched. Some people I've seen or I've heard of people getting shot over five, ten dollars.
1: I know it. I know it. I mean, you never know What, what would happen? You know, over drugs. You know, it just—it's so scary.
0: It is scary because the one thing I guess a lot—if somebody's listening—that's not an addict, that's not familiar with that life—you can't call the police if someone does something like robs you of your drugs. You, you know what I mean? It's not like anyone else who—if they get robbed—they can call the police, but. If you get beat up or things like that, it, you can't really call the police because then you might have the guy just coming back to beat you up more. That's just how it is.
1: Yep. Yep. If it's a drug dealer, they don't care. They just they just want their money.
0: Yep. So you did this for quite some time. Is there anything else major that happens before you actually got sober?
1: Um. Well. I, we got kicked out of the drug house, and um, we were homeless for, like, maybe a month or so. We were living by a river and living in a tent, and then um, after that, my ex-mother-in-law took us in. and Well, we actually lived in a tent in the backyard for quite a while, but we were still using, so... Um, quite a while for maybe a few months and um so um on October October third, twenty 2015, um I was supposed to go to a social security hearing and um I had a warrant out for my rest so I knew that they were gonna take me in and I was ready to go you know I was ready to get this over with and I was tired of using drugs and I I just kept getting really really sick and I was in the hospital a few times almost died a couple times and I was just I was sick and tired of being sick and tired so I went to my social security hearing and they arrested me so I went to jail and that's, I was in jail like maybe a month and a half. And when I got out, I went back on probation. I was supposed to be on pro- probation for two years, but I got off early because i you know, so only served one year of probation. And that's when I decided to stay sober. You know, when I was in jail, I was like, I had enough, and my health was just deteriorating from the the meth and the alcohol.
0: That stuff does a number on people. Really? It really does. It destroys your body.
1: Yes, I'm paying for it now.
0: Yep, <laughs> and it destroys every part of your body, including your brain. So, yes,
1: it does. I'm 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 very very. Lucky that, I didn't destroy my brain because i still I still have my wits, or a lot of people don't,
0: yeah, that you do so and a
1: lot of a lot of why I quit is because I saw other people that I cared about, like my ex- boyfriend, where he's just a totally different person he's he's not with it anymore,
0: so just seeing the effects on other people really motivated you to get sober. Yes. What did you do once you were released from jail? What where did you go and how did you you know how was your life now that you were sober?
1: Well, the judge uh, wanted me to go to treatment for 2 weeks after I got out of jail. So I did that. But I was staying still with my ex-mother-in-law and I was still um, by the I was still around drugs and um um with being around the drugs and then but i went to aftercare treatment which is like um aftercare from the treatment center where you go like once a week and it's kind of like almost like meetings but not quite meetings but you That made me stay sober for a year. And then after the year, I was able to leave and go to Las Vegas with my parents so I could get out of that situation.
0: Get away from the drugs and all that from the people. Yes. The people, places, and things that you knew all too well.
1: Right. And and while I was living there, you know, people would put the drugs right in my face and I would just tell them I'd, I'd just push her away and say no.
0: It's a hard thing to do. People don't realize how much strength that takes.
1: I know. It does take a lot of strength.
0: So you're moving to Las Vegas. How does your life go um, once you get there? Because now you're sober and you're now in a new environment. How did it go for you?
1: It went good. It went good. You know, I, I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't drinking. I've been sober since.
0: When was this? So how long have you been sober now?
1: Um, since October 3rd, 2015, which this Sunday, the 3rd will be six years.
0: Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Preemptive congratulations. That's a big accomplishment. Yeah. So your main motivation six years ago was you saw how it was affecting people that you loved and you realized you were doing the same thing to yourself.
1: Exactly.
0: And is there anything you do special to stay sober? You know, what do you like as far as your daily routine? Is there anything you do different now?
1: Well, I do a lot of meditation—not meditation, but I do. I pray a lot. I um, help other people, um, and you know, working uh, addiction groups. I have a group of my own. And that really keeps me sober.
0: What's the name of your group? So you can let everybody know about it?
1: Um Road to Recovery.
0: Okay, Road to Recovery. And that's yes. by Christine West. So you can go take mm-hmm. that take a look at that. So it's great. That's that's a that's a I don't want to say a great story, but it's a story that shows strength and courage because you went through a lot. Yeah, I did.
1: And you know, I just And I feel so much better today and just have a beautiful life and I have my family back, which my family was not, you know, I lost my family and everything when I was in addiction and they tried to save me, but of course they couldn't. But, um, um, you know, it's just nice to have a family back.
0: That's great. That's great. Good for you. And we hope you stay sober for a very long time till the end of days, right?
1: Yep. And I will.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> it's a great thing that you give back so much because I know you're active in my group and you have your own group. So yes, just for everyone listening out there, step 12, it helps keep you sober. You can do step 12 at any time because it's just helping out a fellow addict. That's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. I love helping other people. That's I've been
0: that way all my life, though. Yeah, I find that with a lot of addicts. So that's all we got for today. I want to thank you again, Christine, for being on the podcast.
1: You're very welcome.
0: And if you guys like what you hear, you can go rate us on iTunes. We're also on Spotify. You can check out other episodes. We also have a Facebook group, Addicts Anonymous. And currently under construction is Addicts Anonymous Website, which is addicts-anonymous.com, we're going to have lots of resources there, and also check out our blog. Once again, it's all under construction, but it'll be there soon. And until next time.